following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome into Reaction Monday on Main Street Sports Today. We will react to the men's and women's NCAA brackets. Also visit with Scott Tarabale with the Baton Rouge Advocate on the firing of LSU's head basketball coach, Will Wade. Chip Walters, his weekly visit to talk a little Blue Raider uh, sports uh, as they head uh, to the postseason. Plus, rapid fire on this Reaction Monday. It's Main Street Sports Today for March 14th, twenty. 22 now to the Hall of Famer and Sports Writer of the Year, Mo Patton and the Sundrop Kid from Alabama, Chris Yow. You wouldn't know he's from Alabama. No, not, not today. Not wearing those colors. <laughs> Man. I was not coming in here 43 years in the making without donning some orange. I promise you that. You So you weren't even born the last time. No. You were not. I was not even a twinkle in the eye. No. I, w- I was just, who know? I was a high school freshman. One. School I was freshman. one. High school freshman. There you go. Well, te- technically speaking, I was not a high school freshman. I was a ninth grader at Franklin Junior High School because Franklin High went to uh, 12. Okay. So. There you go. Yeah. So. Well, it was a heck of a weekend, folks. And it only continued today. A ton to get to. Y'all, we have got so much to get to. We can't we we cannot fit it in. We've got twenty pounds of sports in a ten pound bag. That's right exactly here. what we have going on today. So there's gonna be plenty uh to get into and yeah. And so, we may not get into all of we, it. We we may end up yeah, who knows? Anyway. Stick with us. It's going to be a great show. We have two great guests coming in and a lot of basketball to talk about, but also some baseball. We'll get into it in just a minute. But first, try something new today. I'm going to send you guys over to JP, and he's going to give you the weekend results, today's schedule on The Rundown. Here's The Rundown. Let's do it. The Monday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. Providing a Christ-centered college prep education at an affordable cost. Call 931-388-5731 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule an appointment for a tour today. All right, uh, TSSAA state championships as uh, we take a look at that. Uh, you know, I'm doing this and trying to get the video. We'll just go with that. How about that? Yeah, just... There we go. McKenzie over Wayne County in the Class A game, 46-42. The final there, Westview, your 2A champs over York Institute, 47-37. The 3A game saw Upperman, 48-43 winners over Jackson Southside. And Bearden takes the 4A crown, 52-34 over Farragut. Over the weekend, NCAA Men's Tournament, the SEC down in Tampa. It was Kentucky hanging on to beat Vanderbilt, 77-71. That was in the quarterfinal round. Tennessee 72 over Mississippi State 59, also quarterfinals. Uh, It was Texas A&M shocking the top seed Auburn 67-62 and Arkansas over LSU 79-67. Semifinals saw Tennessee over Kentucky 69-62 and A&M shocking Arkansas 82-84. And in the championship game on Sunday, Tennessee 65, Texas A&M 50, and it meant nothing in seeding. 
It was a Conference USA tournament, UAB 102 over MTSU 98. That was in triple overtime. So uh, Chris had to be happy there. La Tech uh, women over the Blue Raiders, uh, 80-72 in the women's tournament. NCAA baseball over the weekend. The Blue Raiders took two of three from Auburn, 10-8, uh, 4-3, and fell 10-7. It was uh, Tennessee sweeping Rhode Island, 17-4, 8-3, and 12-3. Vandy took care of business in a three-game set over Wagner, 12-7, 13-0, 15-5. Belmont uh, split with UAB, 2-1, um, to one, and uh, actually UAB won Two of those, 9-8 and 6-3. It was Eastern Kentucky and Austin P doing battle, and Eastern Kentucky took two of three from Austin P. And Georgia defeated Lipscomb uh, 3-0 in their series. NAIA baseball, it was Treveca sweeping a two-game series with Kentucky Wesleyan, 7-1 and 8-3. Juco baseball, Columbia State shutting out Dyersburg, 8-0. College softball, MTSU 3-0 over Illinois State. It was uh, Chattanooga 3-1 winners over MTSU. Uh, Tennessee down Missouri in six innings, 14-3. And then uh, again, 5-4 in full time, if you will. Belmont shutting out North Alabama, also known UNA. Belmont over Akron, 13-5. Belmont defeated Bradley, 5-2. Big weekend for the Bruins. Austin P 6-4 over Samford. It was Jacksonville. 3-2 over Austin P. State. Yes, thank you, Jacksonville State. State cocky. Bowling Green, 5-0 over Lipscomb. Houston Baptist, 9-4 over Lipscomb. And Lipscomb getting the rubber match there, 10-8. That is Houston Baptist. Seton, uh, Seton Hill, 5-0 over Trevecca. NAIA softball and uh, 11. Hill, uh, yeah, that's right. Trevecca, 11-0 over Nyack. In six innings, Juco softball, Ball State, 10 to nothing over Clare County out of uh, Alabama. And Dyersburg took two from Columbia State. NBA, the Grizzlies, a pair of games over the weekend. They defeat the Knicks, 118-114. And the Thunder, 125-118. to NHL, the Preds, a lot of scoring. They fall to the Blues, 7-4. to but then bounced back with a 6-2 win over the Wild. MLS underway, and Nashville SC shut out against FC Dallas 2-0. All right, schedule for baseball, high school baseball. Yes, it is here. Summit versus Madison County, Alabama, uh, down in Gulf Shores. Uh, also against uh, McAllister from Oklahoma. Both of those uh, today down in Gulf Shores. Santa Fe at Cornersville this afternoon. Summertown in Eagleville, Lawrence County will be at Columbia Academy. Spring Hill at Lewis County, Fairview hosting Kolioka, Forest at Mount Pleasant, Zion Christian hosting Hampshire, Murfreesboro Central at Independence, Rockville at Columbia Central. Uh, potential uh, milestone game there for Coach Pickle and the Lions. Tennessee Monarchs are in South Lawrence. Take on Loretta tonight at 6.30. Softball, high school action today. Mount Pleasant at Frank Hughes. Santa Fe at Kolioka. It is Spring Hill hosting Lawrence County. Oakland at Columbia Academy. Central goes to Stewart's Creek. Loretto at Brooks in Alabama. And Summit also down in Gulf Shores in that classic. Soccer, boys soccer. Middle Tennessee Crusaders will be at Columbia Academy this evening. Juco baseball. Uh, beautiful day for it. Dyer State at Columbia State uh, today doing a doubleheader. A beautiful day 
Mo and Chris, as Ernie would say, let's play two. There's your updates. <sighs> I'm glad I didn't have to write, read that. Well, here's but I did the have to put it together. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. JP, how are you holding up? I'm doing all right. You know, um, I'm quite proud of myself as I hit that uh, little bumper out. I had five seconds left on the music, so I hit the post. Thank you very much. We'll take it. Catch yes. your breath. Catch your breath. <laughs> yes, a high school there. baseball and softball, when you throw that in the mix as basketball's ending, and then uh, not to mention. And it's the weekend. And it's the weekend. So, yeah, that was, that was fun, though. I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> three Man. days packed in. One three thing days. we we failed to Five mention, minutes. and maybe it's not rundown ish, but the Mister and Miss Basketball Awards will be presented today at five o'clock at Murphy Center, and wishing all of those finalists good luck. But particularly in Class Two A on the girls' side, Gatorade Tennessee Player of the Year Carly Weathers is up for the Two A. Miss Basketball after winning 1A last year. So it would be awfully tough not to give her that. It right? would be tough. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, any for chance the she does. Gatorade get it. Player of the Year to <laughs> exactly. not be Miss Basketball. So but it's good enough for Gatorade. It's got to be good enough for TWS uh, to play, right? You would think. You would think. So we'll see. We'll sense. keep an eye on that. And isn't. Uh, isn't Gavin Burleson a Gavin, finalist? I believe so. Yeah. I believe Gavin Burleson yeah. is a finalist for the 2A boys. And well yes, Mr. Basketball. He, ha- he had his uh, Mr. Basketball moment, you he know, like the Heisman moment. Did. I don't know if that means anything in high it, school, but it, he it certainly does, had a moment. It doesn't because <laughs> the, the awards are voted on at the conclusion of the regular yeah. season. So. All right, our first pitch today is the fact that the Braves have dealt four top 15 prospects to the Oakland Athletics for Matt Olson. We're not going to be able to get into it because there's a lot to dive into, but there is plenty of time in this show for us to get into it because the fact is that it's probably the biggest story we're going to uh, deal with personally (laughs) today. So before we get into any of that, though, let's come back with – Scott Rabelais? Rabelais. Rabelais. Yeah. That JP nailed it. I was very you. impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he would, he would know. He yeah. Is. Um, Scott Rabelais of the Baton Rouge Advocate to talk about. Oh, Mo, this ain't my first rodeo. <laughs> nice. Uh, we'll talk about LSU and maybe get some thoughts on other SEC. Openings. And openings. So stick around here on Main Street Sports. So we'll be back after this. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. 
Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes! Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Welcome back in to Main Street Sports Today. Here, not on Main Street necessarily of Columbia, but it's kind of the Main Street. It kind of is the Main Street. I mean, I mean, when you consider where Main Street actually is geographically, this is kind of the Main Street. It's pretty it's much either, it. It's either Seventh or Garden. I think. I think the budget recently put on this street would signify that it is Main Street. It's the main one here in town. <laughs> Glad to have you guys with us here, live from Columbia, Tennessee. What a weekend it has been for college basketball. Obviously, with conference tournaments wrapping up, Selection Sunday. And yet, we didn't have to wait for Black Monday. No, no, we did not. Plenty. Been, it was Black Monday all weekend. Yeah, exactly. It was it, it was a bad day uh, starting on Friday, I guess. I yeah, think. I think it was Friday. And so and just continue to escalate rather quickly, as they say. It, it did, in fact. So we will reach out to our friends across the southeast from time to time to talk a little bit about teams in their area. And today we do just that as we go to the phone lines and welcome in Baton Rouge Advocate columnist, Scott Rabelais. Scott, welcome in. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, it's, uh, interesting times uh, down here to be living and covering, that, uh, covering the Tigers, that's for sure. And no doubt. You know, we, we, we have had... Uh, an unprecedented number of coaching searches, coaching searches and coaching changes around here. LSU has changed all four coaches in four major sports, men's and women's basketball, football, and baseball in the last calendar year. Uh, Sean Payton retired. Of course, we covered the Saints very extensively. And uh, and uh, the Pelicans have had two coaches, or on, you know, on their second coach of the year. You know, Bunny Gundy left, and, and now you know, they got a new coach. So it's been pretty uh, pretty hectic. It's become the norm here. The, the, the abnormal has become the norm here, I guess. I guess the good thing is, Scott, once you get done with this one, you shouldn't have to do it again for a while. You would think. You'd like to think so. That's right. <laughs> this latest one, obviously, um, I guess depending on who you ask, maybe it's been a long time coming. Will Wade, who um, attended Franklin Road Academy up here in Nashville, um, finally, again, some people would probably say, gets relieved of his duties at LSU after um, the institution received its notice of allegations from the NCAA, and they are many. 
Yes. Uh, LSU was eliminated in the SEC tournament on Friday by Arkansas. The team flew back Saturday. And um, pretty much uh, after that, Will was uh, with way to the uh, school president's office, uh, where I'm told, uh, uh, we're told, where, where he was told that he was being fired uh, and, and fired for cause. You know, he, he, people recalled all this bubbled up three years ago when LSU was in the midst of, of, of winning the SEC regular season title and making a run to the Sweet 16. And, uh, and uh, Will was suspended uh, for the postseason because he did not come to meet with uh, LSU officials to talk about these allegations, the fed- him being on the federal wiretap, you know, uh, in, in that whole big investigation. And eventually he was reinstated, but with the clause added to his contract that LSU could fire him for cause, if LSU even got a notice of allegations of level one or two violations, one being the most serious, of course, and uh, not even not even sanctions, but but just a notice of allegations. And obviously, this was such a, a lengthy uh, list of, of allegations, mostly basketball, a couple of related to football, uh, which are also you know it's also a big deal not to dismiss it. But obviously, we're talking about Will Wade here, and. Uh, I think I think LSU probably would like to have let the due process play out as they probably did uh, as as they did throughout all of this. But I think it became very obvious that uh, you know there was no point to that. Uh, you know, if all these allegations don't stick, some of them probably will, and there's no point to to doing that. And ultimately, LSU has to try to minimize the damage to not only the the basketball program but the athletics program overall because the NCA because of the football issues as well did also uh, you know you basically use the term you know lack of institutional control which is what no school ever wants to hear obviously especially when you're too big at sports makes total sense and to kind of give some backstory here there were a number of schools and teams involved in this including auburn arizona um and and obviously LSU, Kansas, Kansas, Kansas was involved Kansas. in the, in this yeah. this federal investigation, which uh, basically revolves around paying players, making a quote strong ass offer end quote said Will Wade that was caught on a wiretap that was caught on a wiretap. Now there's some corroborating evidence from the person on the other end of the lines that he was absolutely talking about money. So that's this is what this all boils down to. How how much of an impact does the NIL situation have on future sanctions to these programs who were involved? I, I guess it's a good question. Yeah, it is a good question and and, uh, and a natural one. And, and I, I would say, yeah, it, basically, you know, it was a crime at the time. So you know, you, you're you're going to deal with it with with the problems that it brings. I mean, let's think, let's think back to, if I may use this analogy, back when you had prohibition, you know, back, you know, back in the day, right. And then they, then they repealed prohibition. Well, just because, you know, uh, liquor became legal again in the United States didn't mean that you, that you weren't guilty of a crime for producing moonshine or, you know, right. right you know, or, or, or running liquor across the border, you know, back in the night, you know, when it was illegal. So I, I don't think it's going to mitigate things for, for LSU. Or any of these schools necessarily, um, the NCAA was, uh, yeah, yeah, not happy with with Will Wade, but they felt he stalled. He stalled them. He felt he he uh, he, he uh, was not forthcoming. As recently as December, they interviewed him. They basically said he lied uh, when well, when they had some some, some uh, 
some uh, interviews with him. So I don't think it's going to help LSU at all. The NIL thing, uh, it could change some of these issues in the future, but it's not going to change things for LSU. At this moment, I think we we know we here in Tennessee absolutely know that lying to the NCAA may be a worse offense than whatever, whatever you're you lying did. about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, there's that. Don't don't lie to the NCAA. Just just tell them. And, and you know, it's interesting to to say the least that he would continue to do so when you knew it was coming. <laughs> Go figure. Eleven right. alleged violations. Eight of those level ones. In addition to the strong-ass offer, there is one alleging Wade paid hush money to the former fiancé of a former player. <laughs> wow. To the former fiancé of a former player in 2017. To um, Yeah, that's one we didn't know about. We knew about the wiretap, him being called to the wiretap, obviously. That, that was one that, that, that was new to me. And it's like, that, 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 of all the allegations, I guess because you're familiar with so many of them, because it's been, it's been going on for such a long time. That was the one that really stood out to me. It's like, wow, you, you paid hush money to somebody who came back for more money, and he's like, now I'm giving you more money. And we're talking about like $9,000 or five, and then she wanted $5,000 more or something like that. You know, the, the amount is immaterial, really. It's exactly what she said. She was trying to blackmail him, and he, he was paying her hush money. That's what it comes down to. And there was also an allegation that they paid money to, a, to someone to influence a recruit out of an account controlled jointly by Wade and his wife, Lauren. And when they asked him about it, according to the NCAA, he's like, oh, you know, my wife handles that stuff. I don't know what's going on. You know, I, I think, well, you know, the, the, the question I think a lot of people have is, you know, one, why did LSU put up with this so long? And two, how did Will Wade keep just, you know, pushing it off? And I think, I think we'll probably never hear from him about it, obviously, but I think he, he probably thought, once they got him on the wiretap and they got his text messages, his phone records, he knew they were going to get him eventually. He's just trying to go on as long as, long as he can. And then, uh, but as from LSU's perspective, I, I, I would like to interject this: uh, the former LSU president, F. King Alexander, who was the president when all this stuff came out in 2019, uh, was on the radio here today, and he was saying, uh, you know, people ask, you know, why didn't LSU act earlier? And he said the FBI was not forthcoming with the evidence that they had to LSU; they would not share that with them. And he said we had to have. LSU had to have uh, uh, cause to fire him, and and uh, you know it, it was uh, for what they, he said. What they had at the time was media reports, and, and obviously you, you could hear the wiretap. You say, "Well, that's enough to fire someone." Yeah, fire someone who wound up in court because they're suing you for for breach of contract, so possibly. So, but once they got everything, you know, the, the notice of allegations about a week ago, and once they got that and sifted through it by Saturday, they were like, "We can't go on," and. and uh, He's got to go, even though it's the eve of the NCAA tournament. The eve of the NCAA tournament that Kevin Nickelberry will now coach in, former Hampton and Howard head coach, getting a battlefield promotion for this one. I mean, it's, um, this is a lot for this team to have to deal with, I would think. Um, Scott, getting ready for an NCAA appearance under an interim head coach? It is uh, no question, uh, Mo, and it's uh, it's uh, unfortunately something else you had to deal with in 2019. Yeah, Will, like I said, Will was suspended uh, at the end of the season uh, for the last regular season game against Vanderbilt, um, and then uh, he didn't coach in the SEC tournament. They were one and down against Florida, but then they made it to the Sweet 16, and Tony Benford was their coach at the time. He uh, was made the interim coach. Kevin joined the staff uh, as a full, as a bench coach uh, a couple of years ago. So after that, but uh, 
you've seen this before. Now, obviously, many of the players that have been through this, Darius Days, the senior forward who came back this year after testing the NBA waters, was on that, that 2019 team. And so he actually has some experience with this. But it's, obviously, it's a, it's a big issue. You know, LSU, despite all their problems, they're still in the NCAA tournament. Um, might there be a future postseason ban? Yes. But obviously, the, the sanctions have not taken place yet. So they're allowed to participate. And um, uh, so there's six seed in the Midwest going to play Iowa State up in Milwaukee on, um, on, on Friday. And, uh, you know, is it a huge distraction? I would think so. I also think kids are really resilient. And once they get on the court, maybe it's kind of a, kind of a refuge. I, I don't think they're going to go very far in the tournament. I think they can, they can win a game and then they probably have to play Wisconsin and Milwaukee in the second round. That sounds like a pretty tough assignment. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Kevin Nickelberry, uh, we met with him yesterday and, I tell you what, he had he had a good attitude about it. He said they're just going to try to focus on on the game and try to, I you know try to focus on the team and, and not worry about anything else and uh, and, and move forward. Uh, another one of the assistant coaches, Bill Armstrong, has also mentioned the allegations. He's also been fired, so they're down. And so he said, make a couple of promotions, like administrative people, to help coach the team. It's a, it's a crazy situation, but one again, one we've seen before at LSU in recent times. Scott Rabelais, columnist for the Baton Rouge Advocate, with us here on Main Street Sports today. Scott, we're kind of up against a break, but I do want to ask you, how do you get a coach to come into LSU and take this job under these circumstances? It's, that's obviously the big question. One of the big questions going forward, it's difficult uh, because you might not know what the sanctions are, what the penalties are, before you'd like to hire a coach. And, you know, schools are already making coaching changes, right? George already hired Mike White and on and on. And big, there's big openings out there already in the SEC. Um, it's going to be difficult. I, I, I tell you, I wouldn't be shocked. I know this sounds out of, out of the limit. John Brady, the former coach, is the radio color commentator for LSU. I wouldn't be shocked if, if uh, I'm not saying this is what they're likely to do, but if uh, if Scott Woodward, who likes to hunt for big names, as we know, in, in coaching searches, uh, is if, if he can't get a big name or a name that he really likes to, to bite, uh, and you know, because of the uncertainty, I could see somebody like John Brady being the interim coach for a year or something like that until they can move forward. Obviously, next year will probably be a terrible year, but I mean, it's, it, it is, it, I don't think anything's off the table with that, but it, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to, to hire someone unless they know what they're getting into, I think. Scott, thanks so much for taking some time with us, shedding some light on the situation down there in Baton Rouge. We appreciate your time, as always. I look forward to talking to you again, but hopefully under better circumstances. Maybe so. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. All right, Scott Rabelais, once again, of the Baton Rouge Advocate. When we come back, we will continue talking college hoops. Four other SEC teams will be looking for head coaches and... We'll talk about ESPN's Joe Lunatic, I mean Lenardi, and his comments on Selection Sunday. We'll be back after this on Main Street Sports today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. 
Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. What better way to start your mornings than mornings on Main Street with all the latest news from around Middle Tennessee with Big Joe Dubin. Join Big Joe and Justin, affectionately known as the intern. He does so much more. Weekdays at 7 a.m. for the most up-to-date news and more from around the entire mid-state. It's mornings on Main Street with Big Joe Dubin, 7 a.m. on all of our Main Street social media platforms and you learn how old some people really are on birthdays. Uh, Chris is familiar with that. Uh, yeah. Had a had a stint, a um, uh, and did what well. a celebrity I stint, I guess. I celebrity guest picker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's you know. No, okay, I'm we, kidding, Justin. We learned quite a bit about what Justin does on Friday, and we, yep. well done to him. Yeah. So. Yeah. About, yes. By the way, uh, shout out to him. Thanks for uh, filling in Friday. Um, making you know steering this video ship i appreciate him stepping in very helpful for me to not have to do it yeah (laughs) (laughs) doing the music was hard enough as many of you could tell anyway let's talk about the ncaa tournament because it it appears mo Mm -hmm. and this has been backed up by comments from people in people who actually know in the bracketology world Mm -hmm. Conference tournaments don't matter at the Power 5, Power 6 level. I say Power 6 because the Big East is a power conference. So they say. Why are you worried about why, why are you worried about winning? You're worried about winning because it's the next game. I mean, I, I think Rick Barnes even addressed that in his post-game comments yesterday that, you know, some people talk about, you know, going and getting off your feet and that kind of thing and and there being value in that. But there's got to be value in winning. And maybe I'm just naive or idealistic or something like that. But if there's a game out there to be played, there's a game out there to be won. And – I, I just don't think that you can go about it as a coach or as a player saying, eh, whatever, you know. If we lose, we'll go home and put our feet up for a couple of days. I mean, there's something to be won. And, you know, particularly for a Tennessee team that had not won a Southeastern Conference tournament since it came back in 1979, you know, that was the first year of the reinstatement of the SEC tournament was the – last time that they've won it. So, I mean, you better believe it means something. It means something to them. Now, the fact that it didn't mean anything in Carmel, Indiana, isn't their fault. I agree with that completely. You're playing three games in three days. Maybe you could be a little more lax with your – of course – when they got up 14 nothing, I'm not sure I wouldn't have put the scrubs in anyway and just let it go. 
well, it looked like they were going to run away with that thing. It they, did they, look they like didn't. they were going to run away with that, and then all of a sudden, it was a ten-two run by A and M. You know, Buzz Williams and the Aggies showed up. back up. Yeah, you know, I, uh, as bad as Tennessee seeding is, Texas A and M's omission may it's be worse. worse. I mean, if what's the point of the tournament at all if you can't play your way into the NCAAs? No, well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to go exactly to that point. If and and we're we're obviously going to hear from Joe Lenardi here in just a moment, a but second. but we're we're teeing this up. If you're going to give the automatic bid to the tournament champion. Obviously, that carries weight, correct? I mean, that means one would think, as opposed to the regular season champ, right? Which is who it should be. So, but if they're going to categorize seating and whether you're in or out based more heavily on the regular season as a whole and not weigh anything really is what it appears to the tournament, it just unless seems, your name is Kentucky or Duke, it's it's kind of contradictory. Well, it, it's it not feels. kind of contradictory. It's terribly yeah, contradictory. It I mean, so, so let's 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 put the automatic qualifier, which you guys have talked about, put it on the regular season champ. And they, they definitely should. And that's what that's what I have in here. You know, why do we play Power Five, Power Six tournaments, and why do we play G five, G eight, or whatever mm-hmm. the number of conferences are? There are Division One because there's so many. Um, <laughs> there's probably twelve or thirteen. Anyway. Why do we play those teams regular seasons? Yeah. Because it in Doesn't the grand scheme, neither of those two things mean anything. Mm-hmm. So if the goal is to win a national championship, I mean. Anyway. Texas AM comes into Tampa as the number eight seed. They beat Florida 83-80 in overtime. Mm-hmm. That's an eight-nine. Okay. Florida's not very good. They were getting ready to fire their coach before he found a soft landing spot <laughs> a few hours north. Okay, get that. Eight seed of Texas A&M beats number one seed Auburn in the quarterfinals. Auburn, who was in the discussion for a number one seed before settling for a number two. The first thing I'll say is... Uh, yes. Sorry, guys. Texas A&M in the semifinals beats fourth seed at Arkansas, which got a four seed in the NCAA tournament bracket. And then they lose in the finals. How did that Arkansas win? How did those three wins in three games, one over an eventual number two seed, one over an eventual number four seed in the NCAA tournament field, not get them in? Well, in Florida was – of either a last four in or first four out to begin with, A&M was the next four out. They were on the bubble going in. I, I agree with you, Mo. I, how do you if not you're on the win? bubble going in? How do you and, not, you, and you beat a number two seed? And you make it to the championship game and arguably the second most competitive conference this year. Arguably, arguably the best. The mo- the you could, best yeah, against the Big year. 12. I mean, that's the only other one. They beat the Big 12 in the Big 12 Challenge. And, so, and the number three seed and the number six seed in the SEC tournament mm-hmm. beat their two best teams. Yep. Their two best teams. Anyway, that's neither here nor That's yep. not what we're talking about. What we are talking about is that the conference champion of arguably the best toughest and deepest conference in the country got a three seed 
and here it didn't and, move. And, 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 it and didn't the, move. And the didn't move. There's that. Yeah. And two other teams, both of whom they beat, got two RT seats. seats. So here's the rationale. Explanation. The explanation that we got from ESPN's Joe Lenardi. Reese Davis grills him pretty hard here. Let's hear what he had to say. The first thing I'll say is I, I, I get the frustration. Oh, do you? I, I absolutely <laughs> knew it was going to shake out this way. Why? Because Why? these Sunday games, year after year after year, don't matter well, what in about terms the of selection game? and seeding. What about the Saturday game with Tennessee and Kentucky? They beat them two out of three. I, I understand that. But we're looking at a Tennessee team. They finished tied for second in the SEC. Okay? And – I just believe that the committee was not going to put them ahead of a Big East champion in Villanova. Okay. They were not they going us. to put them ahead of Duke, certainly. Wow. Uh, even <laughs> though you could argue resume from now until next season. Who's going to uh, argue? Duke fans? I don't know. Everything <laughs> on my board said they were a three, and I listened to you guys all day, and I kept thinking, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And they certainly weren't going to be a one. And – Look, I don't think we would move any of the teams off the one line for Tennessee. Okay. but And then let me finish. 2-3, what are we really talking about here is the color jersey in the regionals. But maybe not Agreed. when the 2-15, 3-14 games match up. But all of that aside, Joe, I do want to know, and look, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> picking on you. It's close. I understand that. You said everything on your board. What was it on your board? That, that had them ahead of Tennessee? Well, I've been aggregating metrics long before there was such a thing and long before there was the net. Uh, you know, it's all classified, of course. But, you know, when you, when, when, when you look at it, they came out about 20% in my overall aggregate rankings behind Auburn and Kentucky in terms of the season and their quality of their overall uh, play. And... I just haven't seen a team move that much within, you know, kind of my indexing to, to, to jump two seed lines in a day or two. His board is Flawed. messed up. Flawed. Flawed. There were four teams in college basketball, in Division One college basketball, that had double-digit victories in Quadrant 1. Kansas, Gonzaga, Baylor, all of which are number one seeds, and Tennessee. To add to that, Mo, I, you guys may have heard this too on the broadcast. Uh, they mentioned that um, since Tennessee's loss to Kentucky, I think the first time around, mm-hmm. um, I think they would like 16-2 and two down the stretch, one of the hottest teams – Whatever, you know, rankings or, or, or net, if you will, coming into the tournament, they were the fifth best team, ranked team in the country. The fifth. Honestly. Coming into the tournament, coming into postseason. By, by the end of yesterday's game, I honestly felt like Tennessee was closer to a one than they were to a three. I agree. I agree. Well, here's the thing. You're talking about Duke, who does not have the resume anywhere near what Tennessee has. Tennessee – won more games in Quadrant 1 than Duke played. They also <laughs> lost more games in Quadrant 1 than Duke won. That's 17, 18 games 
Tennessee played in quadrant one. Duke eight. They were eleven and seven. Tennessee was to Duke six and two, and Duke had a quadrant two loss, I believe. So anyway, all that to say this: I'm not super upset because mm. one person on Twitter came back at me and, and made this point: I'd rather be a three in the South than a two in the West. So I'd I'd rather be a three in whatever region the number one seed is a team I've already beaten. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but the number two seed who you get to before them whipped you. That's the problem. You gotta in November. Hope, you gotta hope somebody does some dirty work. <laughs> hey, <laughs> there you, you go. It happens. It <laughs> so happens. It does happen, but that's that's where I guarantee you, this Tennessee team right now is much better different. than that team then oh no question because no question. ladies and gentlemen Zakai Ziegler yeah that's that's the biggest difference Joe James yep J cubed should have been the MVP he should have been the MVP he should have been the MVP taking nothing away from Kennedy Chandler yeah, absolutely not but yeah I'm not upset I think this is a good I'm draw I'm not upset when all is said and done but it's just irritating the, I, again I'm more upset with the Explanation, explanation and the rationale than I am the end result. Yeah. So anyway, let's take a quick break. Halftime is on the other side. Uh, it's probably not going to be very long. So y'all come back anyway. <laughs> 